The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Oh, nothing better. World Series. Aaron Noah on the mound. About to throw the first pitch. And Eno Saris and Fieldwork, you just go... You turn it, put it in that cold mug. You're ready to rock. That's right. It's that season. So how are you? Doing perfect. Doing perfect. About to head down to the Arizona Fall League for uh, to see some youngsters play some ball. How much? Huh? It's got to be over soon, right? It's the home run derby and the uh, all-star game this weekend. Which is usually, yeah, there's like a week or two after that, and then they have a championship. All right. Uh, and then you can give us a report on how the uh, A's players are doing down there. Yeah, I was just taking a look through some of their numbers. They have a first baseman named Edwards uh, that I think is is uh, playing pretty well, actually. And some of these guys, like Stott was there last year, so you never know when you go down there and watch what guys could be making that jump. I mean, think about that. You're in the Arizona Fall League. Months later, you're in the big leagues. That's the big thing. I think that, you know, what these guys are doing, a lot of them have, were in A and need to get to like 600, 700 plate appearance type levels. They need to be able to play that much. And so they're just adding on. Those are That's like the finishing school types. Then there are other guys who've just been injured. There's a lot of the pitchers that just been injured and need yeah. innings. The A's have a really exciting guy down there, Mason Miller. Uh, he's striking a ton of guys out. He has like he had like seven innings this year on the whole year. So he's down there just because he's healthy and there's and there are people playing ball. Uh, but uh, from the strikeout numbers alone, I'm excited to go talk to him. Well, I, I think of a guy that is like really it's the end of the year and you're seeing it and you're just I mean, the baseball looks like a beach ball coming in, right? Like Kevin Smith, how he ended triple A this year for the aviators. He had a brutal year. And then all of a sudden, the last month, it's three for four every night, two run shots. I mean, you don't want to stop playing. I could see like, yeah, I want to keep, I want to keep, I want, I want this feeling. I don't want this feeling to stop heading into spring training. Yeah. And, you know, some of the guys will be uh, ready to like battle for a job. I mean, like Jordan Walker is on one of those hot streaks. He's a, uh, an outfield prospect for the Cardinals. And they moved into the outfield because they got a guy named Nolan Arenado there uh, at third base at his old position. And so, you know, what you're going to get uh, with Jordan Walker's five home runs already in like, uh, you know, in two or three weeks of play, uh, he's just really tearing the cover off the ball. And he just wants to keep that thing going all the way into spring training to get himself a job next year. Yeah, I like it. You're just going to take a couple. I mean, these young kids, they don't need a ton of time off, right? So you'll get done in November you still work out, but you get to rest up. You're not playing games December, January. Then, you know, you're starting to head to spring training. You don't need a, a lot of time off. This is your job. You're raring to go. Let's get some insights on the World Series. What do you think so far through three games? You know, I thought it would be, you know, the, the recipe for the Phillies would be get as much as you can out of uh, Nola uh, and Wheeler. Uh, and it's been the rest of the staff that's really stepped up, I think. <laughs> That's really the most surprising aspect to me. But Ranger Suarez, um, you know, I think last night was a little bit of that age-old debate about whether or not you want commander stuff. 
going into the game. Lance McCullers has the primo stuff. He has two breaking balls that rate better on my stuff metric than anything Ranger Suarez throws. And yet Ranger Suarez has uh, six pitches he commands better uh, than Lance McCullers uh, commands any of his pitches. And, you know, what you saw last night was both of them were up two ticks. I don't think they were down in stuff. People were talking about, you know, Lance McCullers, maybe his stuff was down. I don't think so. The stuff, the movement was there. Uh, the velo was up. Uh, I think it was more command of a problem, uh, whereas Suarez commanded his pitches. And Suarez, just an effortless from the left side. I know we don't freak out about this anymore. It's not that big of a deal. To me, it's always going to be a deal. When I see a left-hander throwing 94-95, I mean, that's hard. Yeah, I mean, traditionally, traditionally, the lefty population is about a down of one, one mile per hour off the righty population, just because there's fewer of them, I think. I, I, don't, I don't think there's another, another reason for that. But, uh, yeah, and then the whole tipping the pitches, it was funny. We had Steve Sparks on yesterday, and we're talking about McCullers, and he said, you know, he's only thrown one fastball to a left-hander in 70-something, I think it was 76 or 77 pitches. And so last night everybody's saying, talking, you know, ah, oh, he's tipping his pitches. Hell, if I'm a left-handed hitter, I don't need to be tipped off anything. I know he's not throwing a fastball. I know I'm getting a breaking ball just about every pitch. Yeah, I, the the only thing that complicates that is that Bryce Harper p- uh, pulled Alec Bohm over to talk to him. And I just uh, maybe maybe it was like a reinforcement of what the advanced scouts said. Maybe he said, you know, uh, you know, the advanced scouts were right or, or jump early because uh, Bohm hit a first pitch uh, homer. And I think Harper did, too. Uh, you know, be aggressive early. It could have been something small like that. But usually when you see a guy call somebody over excitedly like that, and and he like made a point of calling him over, that's usually like, hey, I got something, you know, like watch for this, you know, and then this will happen. So, you know, there was a bunch of uh, amateur sleuths on Twitter that were kind of going after it. Yeah. And, you know, they, they kind of said that he was raising his glove higher uh on breaking pitches i tried to watch for that and maybe word got to mccullers he tried to vary it but you know the latter half of mccullers outing i couldn't really uh i couldn't really tell if a breaking ball was coming based on that so i think it was more like he was really predictable i mean you're saying he doesn't throw fastballs to at all lefties yeah so why would harper even sit fastball you know he's sitting slider so so McCullers slider in, in the OO pitch, like a McCullers first pitch slider to Harper is equivalent almost to another pitcher's first pitch fastball. And it was middle middle. So it doesn't get the benefit of being a slider and being different from a fastball. If it is the thing that Harper's sitting on. So it basically was a middle middle heater on OO. Yeah. You know, like it, that's, that's just what a Harper spinning saw. pitch. That's not moving. Cause it didn't have the bite. It didn't, and you know, it's funny that we're basically, we figured it out. We're about, you and I, or the three of us, are about 3,000 miles away from Philadelphia, and before the game, we know he doesn't throw fastballs 3,000 miles away to left-handers. So it's like, all this tipping the pitches, and, and here's the biggest problem, and Ray Fossey would always hammer this to us. He goes, the biggest problem with a hitter who thinks he knows is the fact that they get out of their routine, and usually they they get too big. And by meaning too big, 
Their swing becomes different. They pop up a lot because they're swinging out of their shoes. It's not see, react. Usually it's like mm. I'm and, – and so, you, you know, a lot of players go, I don't want to know, don't tell me. And, and uh, uh, he, he said it in more colorful words, but one ex-player uh, did text me that he thought uh, it was just as likely that Harper pulled him over and said, this guy's a – blank don't worry blank go out there and do your thing you know like it could have just been anything you know it could have just been like you know uh we got this sucker or whatever you know like uh you know so i i don't know uh if he had been pitching you know there was an uh, also a guy who worked with him uh tread athletics is is where he works in the off season uh and he he went through some of the video visuals and said you know listen, this is important to me. I work with him. If he's tipping pitches, we got to work on with this off season. Uh, but he said he couldn't really find a good example of that. And he showed a couple pitches uh, on Twitter and I was, I was kind of convinced. So I think it was more, you know, there is this thing in baseball where, you know, I talked to, uh, um, you know, the, the pitching coach for the giants and he said, you know, we think of it as like kind of stocks. And if you have good performing stocks in your pitches, then you should use those more. Right. Um, and I, I, we can see that there's a lot of pitchers, pitching coaches that are saying, Hey, I should just throw this. The slider is really great. And it gets really good results. I just throw it more. And we just talked on the last, uh, uh, you know, Sarah show, uh, that, uh, about how people are throwing fewer and fewer sliders. And this is this year, we're seeing even more, uh, fewer, more and more sliders, fewer and fewer fastballs. And this year we're seeing that even more in the, in the playoffs, but there is a point of no return. Because Lance McCullers shows it to us. He threw the fastball 18% of the time in his start. And he got blasted. Kyle Schwarber saw six. There were six change-ups out of eight pitches. And Kyle Schwarber saw like three of them, right? That's You're no longer being unpredictable. You're no longer mixing it up saying you don't know what's coming at any time. Kyle Schwarber said... I think a changeup's coming. And he took it deep over center field. You know what I mean? And this isn't even the slider thing. It was like, you know, hey, if you're going to pitch, if you're going to throw six changeups out of eight in a row, the batter starts thinking, I'm going to sit changeup here. Yeah, I, I brought it up earlier to uh, Cody. I'm like, you know, you know the guy who tipped his pitches more than anybody in the history of baseball? His name's Mariano Rivera. Yeah, right. He did the same thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Every single time he put his hand into the glove, the same time every time, and every single time he threw, he threw the same pitch every time. <laughs> you knew what was coming. He told you. It's you know, it's like what Trevor Bauer did. It's like you knew Marion Rivera is throwing the same pitch every single time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you got to think about it. If you're Schwarber and you know he's throwing a change, I mean, that's the whole thing about velocity if you don't use it. Because McCullough, yeah. it's not like McCullough throws 86 to 88. I mean, he can get it up 94 there. 94 average. On right? That, on that so game. it's like when yeah. you just abandon that, and I'm a hitter like Schwarber who can just say, everything that's coming is coming soft. I'm now just looking zones. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting, and my bat speed, that, that also gives me more time to react. If I just say, I don't even care about the fastball. You know, then I then I can then I have more time to react, and I can, I'm sitting 87 basically. I'm waiting on 87, and and yeah, and 87, anything you know, up a little bit off the bottom of the zone, I'm into it because I'm 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 sitting there. Where are you on the Dusty Baker and relying on starters more than relievers? I remember a really big moment in the World Series in 2002 when I was uh, still a fan and I was out in the seats. <laughs> And I thought, 
oh man, the Giants are going to win this thing. And Dusty Baker went out and he took out Russ Ortiz. And, you know, for the people who believe in superstitions, he also handed him the game ball like on the mound. And all the angels went, what? Yeah. (laughs) So that, that one, uh, uh, that's for the superstitious for, uh, the sort of practical and current, um, reasons that I bring it up is that, uh, maybe he took Russ Ortiz out too early because Fernando Rodney came in and blew that game, uh, and they lost that series. Um, you know, I don't know if he thinks back to that and thinks, no, my, you know, these starters are my horses. They're the reason we're here. You know, I'm, I believe in them. Um, but for whatever reason, he, I think there's little, little doubt that he left Lance McCullers in too long. And, and, you know, my evidence is that inning in which Kyle Schwarber went deep. Uh, if they don't do that, it's five, nothing. That just is more manageable. Maybe they thought five, nothing is we're already waving the white flag, but then why bring in Ryan Stanek, who is a higher leverage, high leverage, hundred mile an hour reliever. You should have just brought in Rikidi and waved the white flag then, or you bring Stanek in, in the fourth and you keep it five, nothing. So there was a couple of choices there that seemed a little bit weird. I think they maybe just don't believe in Jose Arquiti right now, or else they would have used him earlier. Uh, and they thought they saw these other two games coming. Christian Javier is not a guy who goes deep in, into games as much as he's a good pitcher. So maybe they wanted Luis Garcia to go to piggyback with uh, with Christian Javier. So for whatever reason, they they have depth on their side, and they did not go to their depth. And they could have gone to that in the third inning. They could have gone to that in the second inning. They, they could have put Luis Garcia out there in the first inning if they didn't like what they saw. So. Something, something, you know, was a little bit off in the decision making. I think. Well, I gotta say too about this ballpark. I don't know if any lead safe. I mean, some of these home mm. runs are bandbox home runs. And that might have been the thinking on 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 four four zero is hey, you know, we're gonna get a couple of homers and get back in this ourselves. You know. Yeah. Um, you have to believe so, that. Yeah. So, but still, uh, you know, I think you, I think you go to, if I think you go to Stanek in the fifth. And keep it close. Keep it. Try to keep it at five. Um, if you and then and then you know if Stanek gives up two, then you can go to Arkady. But they just they didn't know. I don't know. I think they were managing on their back back of their feet. Otherwise, Thompson seems to be really aggressive and seems to be making all the right moves. I don't know if that's just us looking backwards and be like, oh yeah, all those moves are right. But Thompson is more aggressive. He's taking in. He's putting in Alvarado, uh, his best pitcher, earlier in the game. He's he's doing more sort of innovative. I need to win this game because there is no other game to win kind of managing. Whereas uh, Dusty's not quite doing that. The hall of famer, Rick Barry once said on my show, defense wins championships. Are we now saying because the Phillies could be winning a championship here, that run prevention isn't as big as we think. I, it isn't. I mean, I, I looked through the, the, the history and, you know, in terms of being predictive, the thing that was most predictive is how good is your lineup? You know, people like to say pitching and defense wins wins championships, but I don't I couldn't find any evidence of that in terms of correlations to winning percentage in the playoffs. It was the lineup that mattered the most. So, uh, you know, I, I think we're seeing just how good how a good lineup can mash its way there. You know what I mean? I, it's you know, what are you supposed to do if they just keep hitting homers? <laughs> like it doesn't matter that Nola and Wheeler have given up 10 runs if they just keep hitting homers. You know, so they're following the script in terms of what I've found has been predictive in the in the past. Like how far in the past? Uh, I think I use all uh, history of playoffs. 
Wow. And that's the thing, too, is when you get in the playoffs, you don't know which team is going to be the homer happy team. Well, yeah, I, I I did have to use regular season statistics to try and to try and to 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 correlate. So, uh, yes, you can look back if you look backwards at just who homers in games like, you know, the, the team that out, out homers, the opponent always wins. It's like they win like 35 out of 37 series or something like it's it, You know, it's always good to homer in the playoffs. But, you know, sometimes you just get guys you get teams on heaters that homer more than you expect. The Phillies uh, somehow were sixth in homers this year, and there were, you know, three or four uh, or five playoff teams ahead of them uh, that just uh, didn't homer as much in the playoffs. So, you know, that's that's part of it, too, is Harper being right, uh, being healthy at the right time. Uh, Castellanos seemingly uh, and, and admittingly uh, upping his game in the playoffs. Uh, he, he said some stuff about how he can't really. Uh, he's not there for every play during the regular season, but the playoffs get you locked in. So. <laughs> yeah, just being so. honest. You guys want honesty. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you, you, I love him. I love his quotes, man. He's so funny. How much, uh, you know, we, we, we talked to Mike Farron earlier, and I was asking about the whole playoff format and how, you know, the tournament feel. And he's like, well, we've had this tournament feel for a long time but this year really because we've added teams it really has this is a tournament you know how much is what the Phillies doing kind of change the reliance so much on the regular season I mean it does devalue the regular season a little bit they're going to be uh, an 87 win team we've seen other teams like that win before in the wild card era you got know, the, the Cardinals and... the one year won barely over 500 and they won the world yeah. series Giants were a wild card team in our last run um, but one thing is that has made me hopeful. Uh, I thought going into this, that this is going to devalue the regular season and teams are all going to try and build 88 win teams, right? It's long kind of been what the A's have done, right? They've tried to been build 87, 88 win teams. If things break right, they're 90, 92, and they're in the playoffs. If they break wrong, they sell off some pieces and try to build an 87 win team the next year. You know, they can't necessarily afford to try and build, or at least that's been the story that they can't afford to build a 95 win team, you know? Um, and so I was a little bit worried that we would have a lot of teams just going for the middle, right? Cause now we got 12 teams that make it just get in and then anything can happen. But the Phillies, they're a team that are like, like we're an 87 win team and just got in. Anything can happen. Anything is happening, but they tried to get better. They're a team that spent in free agency. They're a team that went and got better. So I don't, I think the evidence is that the buy matters. People want to win the division and they want to win that buy. And because of that, teams are still trying to get better. I didn't see a lot of teams that were on the bubble just be like, eh, we're good. You know, we'll try to win 86 and see what happens. So uh, I think the buy, the way that they constructed it was important. Also, a three game a wild card playoffs. That's worth uh, trying to make your team better to get into. Yeah. Because that's three ga- That's three teams of. That's three games of gate. Right. It's not just one game of gate in terms of receipts. In terms of like money. You know, like you get a share of three games worth of 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 postseason uh, play, and that that's worth trying to get into. Whereas I think the I didn't I I didn't love the one and out. I know it was like kind of exciting and you everything, but that's that's like a different sport feel to me. That's more like a football NCAA tournament. I, I baseball is more like 
you know, a three game series. We want to try and see who, which of these teams is better. I know it's an impossibly tiny, tiny sample, but at least three games you get, you get a different starter. You know, you get one more try with another starter. I so. totally 100% agree with you. That That's like in years past, even though I hated it, I could understand it where you go, we're going to, we're going to lose all these resources to get better, to maybe play in one more game. Like, is that really from a business standpoint smart? Right. I could understand. Now you're like, wait a minute, you got a series. You a got series. A, you can go out and lose 18 to nothing in game one. Doesn't matter. You got two more shots at it. You win two, you move on. Now you're hot and you can go on and win the World Series. I think what the Phillies are doing right now, whether they win or lose, is going to be great for baseball. The fact that they're showing everybody, folks, there's going to be teams that are going to be, we're out of it. We're trying to rebuild, but for a lot of teams, uh, this is about getting in. And if you get in, you've got as good a shot as anybody. Right. And, you know, I don't, I, I love that the, the, there's so many homegrown players on the Astros and that that's something that's cool too. But um, it is cool to just see a Phillies team try, you know, sign big free agents, you know, try to get better that way. Uh, not really hug the prospects so tightly and 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 feel like all these guys are going to turn out prospects you know they're really a 50 50 proposition even the better ones so the phillies said if that's the truth then i'd rather trade them for you know players that i know are good uh especially since i'm trying to win now and that gets to our guy dave dombrowski and cody found a great article in yahoo sports where you know they're kind of saying he's like the anti-money ball which if I'm Billy Bean, and Billy's a super cool guy, so we both know he's not going to care, but if I'm Billy Bean and everybody wants to compare everything to Moneyball, I'd be like, hey, man, don't be comparing me to these guys. you got a bunch of teams that got a ton of money, and they're trying to play Moneyball. That's on them being cheap. I had to do this back, <laughs> right? Billy had, had no choice, it, right? right? <laughs> he didn't have the budget. He, I mean, he had to play Moneyball. You got a bunch yeah, of Billy teams. Yeah, Billy says, I spend every dime they give me. Yeah, that's not what's happening with Bloom and the Boston Red Sox. That's not yeah, so. Right. If yeah. I'm Billy, I'm pissed. But how do you think people view in our game now? Dave Dombrowski's been doing this since the 80s, you know? He didn't have a cell phone. There wasn't the internet. This guy's been in this game forever, and he's been so successful, and he's so different than the rest of everybody younger than him in the game, but yet his teams keep getting to the postseason and the World Series. Yeah, it's wild how quickly the Red Sox let him go after he won a championship with them. You know, like uh, there's there's been some rumblings that James Click, you know, has to is, you know, might be out in in Houston. And they kind of compared like who were the last and they had to compare him to like uh, uh, like a Larry McPhail. Uh, who was a who was like a part owner of the Yankees or something. And the Yankees won and he like punched a reporter in the face and and like resigned on the spot (laughs) and that was like one of the other quickest people that's ever been let go after a championship what (laughs) basically let himself go yeah you can look up larry mcphail i know larry mcphail is but wait he punched it like right after the world series won it punched a guy like in the celebration, I think like punched a reporter and was like, "I'm out." That's not a good. That's not a good look. Not a good and and Derek, you know, Dave Dombrowski didn't punch anybody. He was like, you know, I just won a championship, and they're like, "No, we want more sustainability." 
Um, and uh, so, you know, he got let go, even though like the, the shine of the parade was still on. So did I, did I get it right, Cody? He's looking it up. We got to speak, I was Cody. I know. I, well, I'm, I have, I'm reading an article, so it's. Can't... Yeah, it's too much. But. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I, I think, you know, I think that he doesn't get enough. He doesn't get enough respect. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, people, people even denigrate it and say, oh, you know, that's Dave Dombrowski. Like I was talking about um, the Logan. They had this trade this season where they traded Logan O'Hop, who's like a really well-regarded catching prospect. Right. And they traded him to the Angels for Brandon Marsh, who yeah. people say, oh, it's, he's not even playing center. Well, he's not playing center because Trout says he wants to play center. Right. He is actually a center fielder. And they say, oh, he strikes out too much. Well, look what happened when he got in with uh, Kevin Long and started hitting with with their hitting coach. He struck out, struck out less. And, you know, he changed some things mechanically. He's been really good for them. And the biggest thing is he can catch it. You know, they needed a guy who can catch it in center. And I was talking to somebody inside the game. They're like, well, that's David Dombrowski. You know, if you need something, trade the prospect for it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, what? How are you saying that in like a negative voice? You know, like, what do you mean? Yeah, if you need something, trade a prospect for it, you know? Like, what, what was that person's response? Uh, they were like, yeah, but then, you know, it hurts you down the line. I'm like, well, down the line, you might not have a good team. Then, you know, then you might not have a prospect. job. Yeah, right. That too. <laughs> like, it's like, it's amazing to me that in all these other sports. Oh, and I want to ask you this, and I know we're up against it. But in football, everybody watches the Super Bowl, right? Everybody who works in football watches the Super Bowl. In the NBA, everybody watches the NBA Finals and the NBA Playoffs because they say that it's the highest level of basketball we have on the planet. Then in hockey, the Stanley Cup Playoffs is like a badge of honor to be there. Guys are playing on broken legs and torn this and torn that. Hockey le- – Baseball people don't love their playoffs. I know of quite a few executives that have said in the past, I didn't even watch it. It's like they they view this regular season versus the postseason. They've tried to make the postseason just this crapshoot because they can't control it because they control the regular season. Why? And that that's an example right there is like, why would you trade this to win the World Series? It's like, isn't this the goal is to win the World Series? And I think sustainability for these people and keeping your job for a long time and running this thing is worth more than winning the World Series. It's weird. Yeah, it's true. Uh, as like a numbers guy, I, I can have some sympathy for it because it just it's so frustrating. It must be frustrating to be like a Dodgers executive. Right. And you're just we win all the time. We win. We do everything right. You know, we do. We, we build the guys from within. We 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 trade for big players. We we spend in free agency. We do everything right. We're building great teams. We win. We win. We're a juggernaut. And, you know, everyone's going to put that asterisk on that 2020 championship and say we didn't win a real one during this whole time. Um, And as a person who, like, believes in process, I could see that being really frustrating. So I do have some sympathy for them if they if they feel like I can't watch it. But at the same time, we were on I was on the show just last week saying, hey, things in the post happen first in the postseason before they happen in the regular season. Yeah, you should be watching, you know. You should be watching because if things are working or not working, 
then you should be watching. Like if you're a pitching coach and you think, Hey, everyone should just throw their changeups and their sliders. They, they should their slow throw their sliders 80% of the time. You should watch that middle dance for colors start, you know, and see if maybe that's not the greatest idea and, and, and think about it and, and maybe ask your guys to run some numbers on it and blah, blah, blah. But this is a cauldron for, you know, the best new trends in baseball. And it, it really does matter. And the way that they play in the postseason is the way they're going to play in the regular season in the future. So you better be watching is all I got to say. I got to tell you, I have an issue with that whole asterisk around the Dodgers winning the World Series. Uh, I think for people that worked during that time, it was a very scary time. And I think as we get further away from it, Eno, people are not sensitive, and I think it's wrong. I had a conversation. I was telling this story yesterday where I said to somebody, I said, you realize millions of people died. And the person said, well, not here in this country. And I went, what? Does it? Millions of people died, whether in this country or not. Millions of people died. And it of was, COVID. it is interesting. I think that way about the post, the regular season, too. It's such a grind, man. We work so hard, we can't devalue but, it. Like, but, people but the, are there. But every the 2020 day. season, when people are like trying to discount the Dodgers, the fact that these there was nobody in the fans, there was no there people was are nothing, dying no around juice. the world. They're playing yeah. in a bubble, they're playing in they're playing in an atmosphere that's never been done before. They can't talk to they can't be with their parents, they can't be with their grandparents, they can't be around anybody. They don't know if they're gonna get it. Is is the vaccine that I just took that's experimental? Is that is that gonna be okay? Can I can I even touch another player of another team? Right. I mean, they played through a time that we've never seen before. So I think it's so insensitive when people say, ah. Ah, that World Series doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. And for what it's worth, I ran the numbers in sixty in sixty games. You do actually get a true sense of how good a team is. They played sixty games. They won a ton of them, you know. And they and they won postseason games when they had no fans helping them out. You know what I mean? Like they they won when empty stadiums. So I think uh, I think they they deserve a badge of honor for that. And you know they really I think they it was important too because they helped a lot of us who couldn't do anything couldn't get out of the yeah. house you know and there was at least there was something to watch i remember those first couple of weeks when you know i was just watching korean baseball because because <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't the kbo baby people got really into like uh lumberjack stuff and like whatever whatever was out there we were talking to dan straley i can't remember what team dan straley was playing for over there we were having him on I mean, it was like, it was like, wow. And I'll never forget, it was one of the greatest home runs I've ever seen because it meant so much, was that first game for the A's, went into extra innings, and Matt Olson hit the walk-off grand slam, game one of 60. I know nobody was there, but it felt like <laughs> one of the great, you know, because we'd waited so long, it felt like Actual one of, baseball. Yeah, yeah, it felt like one of the greatest home runs I have ever seen. All right, buddy. Great. So first of all, play the man. Real quick, you know you're correct. Larry McPhail fired in 1947 for punching a reporter because he was drunk, and after the Yankees won the World Series, correct? Yeah. <laughs> what a way to go out. <laughs> and and he's more respected than Dave Dombrowski. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Play the man. The Eno Sarah <laughs> Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight tap room locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in california visit fieldworkbrewing.com and by the way the fieldwork brewing location in san leandro is incredible yeah it's we'll incredible. have to do something there in the spring we'll have a we'll have some sort of live event there in the spring that'll be fun no doubt i mean it is um you want to talk about taking 
taking a location, and it's a beautiful location. It's got parking, but they did an unbelievable job. I haven't been to the other ones. I'd love to go to all of them, but I can say the one in San Leandro is uh, top-notch. Road trip. Top-notch. <laughs> all right, when are you going to Arizona? This weekend. This weekend. All right, we expect a great report from Anna, Anna Tan. <laughs> Well, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Be well. Have a good time. Thanks. Eno Saris from the Valley of the Sun. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.